Today we will conclude our study of what Jesus said would help us never worry about money again. Now, City Church exists so that all people can believe and thrive in Christ. And a key part of thriving is the blessed life. And the blessed life is about having God's support. And remember we've said all throughout this series, the blessed life is not about getting God on our side. It's about getting us on his side. And we've pictured uh, the blessed life like the powerful flow of a river. Depending on where you position yourself, you know, the flow can be against you, or you can be like neutral where, where it's neither for you nor against you, or you can be where the flow is for you. And God's support is like the flow of a river. You don't control the flow, but if you get into the flow, you can experience the power of the flow. And the blessed life is not about trying to get God's flow to come your way. The blessed life is about you moving yourself and your resources, your finances, into the flow that is already moving. Now, today we will look at a dysfunctional core issue that keeps us bogged down in the mud just outside the flow. And there's one kind of financial issue I know that keeps us bogged down, and that's credit card debt. And I've been honest with you guys about my own struggles with credit card debt in my past. Well, I just read a report from the U.S. Federal Reserve about credit card debt in America. And in 2017, we reached the highest credit card debt in history, over a trillion dollars. And that's just credit card debt. That doesn't count your cars and houses and all of that. And the same report found that 33% of Americans have more credit card debt than they have savings. That's one third of us. And then the study listed the five cities with the highest credit card debt. You ready? I want you to guess it. Number one. No, oh, no, no. Close. Washington, D.C. And these people are running the country. What's up with that? Number two, Dallas. Number three, New York City. Number four. Houston. And number five, San Antonio. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> the average San Antonian has over $7,000 of credit card debt, but only makes $29,000 a year. And this concerning fact reflects unhealthy core issues that drive us to buy what we don't need with money that we don't have. And this perspective on money, it is wreaking havoc in our families. Over and over, I've counseled with wounded souls trying to numb their pain through buying things and putting it on credit cards. And so one couple gave me permission to tell a little bit of their story. They asked to meet with me for marital counseling. And when they came in, uh, the wife told me that she had secretly gotten credit cards to buy little things that she felt she deserved. And that it was, you know, it began with one purchase here, one purchase there, but it led to tens of thousands of dollars of debt, so much so that she could no longer keep making the minimum payment on all of her credit cards without her husband finding out. And when she told him her secret, her words, it rocked our marriage. A few weeks ago, I told you, 
that money is the number one cause of conflict within marriages, and it's the number one reason for divorce. Above adultery, above abuse, above abandonment. Money. The way we view money can wreak havoc in our lives, and it can lead us to make destructive decisions, and those decisions themselves cause us to worry. Worry about money is not about how much you make. It's about how you view and use money. No matter how much we make, the way we view money can keep us from thriving in Christ, and it can leave us with lots of debt and lots of stress. All right, you ready to hear what Jesus has to say about this? Let's look at what Jesus said was the core issue that feeds our worries about money. This is Matthew 6, verse 25 through 30. Jesus is speaking. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the fire, tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Now I want to make a few observations about Jesus' teaching here. First, it's evident that many people in Jesus' day worried about money just like us. And so worry about money, it's a common fear that many of us will face. So it's okay, all right? Jesus saw in his day that people were worried about money and, and he cared for them and, and was seeking to teach them the truth. And Jesus sees your worries about money and he does care about you. And then Jesus addressed the core issue feeding our worries about money. Did you notice what he said? He, he's saying that the reason we worry about money is because we have little faith. And in this context, the opposite of little faith is not unbelief, it's fear. You see, little faith is a characteristic that only a believer can have. An unbeliever can't have it because you already have faith. And what Jesus is saying, your faith is little. And when you have little faith, but big fears, it leads to big worries about money. Big fears feed big worries about money. So how do we end up with this core issue, this fear within us about money? Well, sometimes difficult life experiences can cause us to stir fear within our hearts when it comes to money. Maybe you went through a particularly challenging financial season and it stirred fear in your heart and you've not really gotten over it. Or maybe you grew up with a single parent who was just barely making ends meet and it, it sets your mind with a scarcity kind of mentality. Or maybe you grew up with controlling or abusive parents and they made you worry about everything, money included. So I had a, a, one of the guys in, in a men's group that I led uh, told us a little bit of his story about how he ended up with fears about money. He told us that uh, when he was a child, he moved 14 different times the first 12 years of his life. He said his dad could never keep a job, and so they were always on the move, 
And he said that there were even times when they lived in the camper on his dad's truck. In other words, they were homeless. And that sense of instability and insecurity birthed within him fear about money. Now, I do want to make one final observation from Jesus' teaching. So he mentions the, the birds in the air and the, the, the flowers in the, in the field. What was all of that about? Did you catch his point? It's per, perhaps the most important point. His point was, look, God cares about the birds. He cares about the flowers. And if he cares about them, how much more will he care for beings created in his own image? His whole point was that God does see and he cares. Jesus is showing us here that the deepest core issue that is feeding our worries about money is a distorted view of God. Because what we're really wrestling with, come on, is do I believe that God sees and that he cares about me that so that he will take care of my needs? Do you believe God values you? Now, wherever you are in your spiritual journey, even if you're not sure you think there's a God yet, that's cool. We're glad you're here. I want you to get, get clear about this truth. According to Jesus, right? God loves you. He values you. He is for you. And he cares. I do not determine your value based on how much you make or what you possess. And do not determine your value based on what others may have said about you. Maybe you had a parent that said you were good for nothing. Maybe you had an ex who said you would never amount to anything. That is not true. According to Jesus, God loves you. He values you. He is for you. He cares for you. Would you say that with me as like a positive affirmation? Let's put it in the first person and let's speak it as a positive affirmation together. Are you ready? God loves me. God values me. God is for me. God cares about me. I think getting our hearts out of worry and into peace related to our money, it begins with having that view of God. When you really believe that the God of this universe values you and that he's for you, that will give you peace. No matter what your circumstances, we have to get clear about who we really believe God is. And with this view of God, that almighty God loves me, values me, he is for me and cares about me, then how do we get uh, straight about our view of money. How do we get out of a fear-based view of money and, and have a faith-based view of money? It's all about getting into the flow. Listen to Jesus' words. This is Matthew 6, 31. <clears throat> so do not worry saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. But seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Getting into God's flow is about seeking God's kingdom first and his righteousness first. Getting into God's flow is about 
really believing that God values you and will take care of you. Getting into God's flow is about getting your heart aligned with God's heart. Big fears and little faith drive you to worry. Big fears and little faith drive you to worry about money. And it all goes back to how you view God. According to Jesus, not according to Pastor Brent, according to Jesus, the key to ending money worries is to change what you seek first. Because here's what happens. When you're afraid regarding your finances, you seek money first. And remember, we've, we, we saw last week, you can't have two masters. You can't serve God and money. And so that's what makes you worry. Jesus said the key to overcoming worries about money is what you seek first. And if you seek God's kingdom first, according to Jesus, he will give you all you need as well. And this is what Jesus is saying. Seek God's kingdom first and he'll seek yours. That is the flow. Money worries are not about how much you make. They're about what you seek first. Jesus' goal for your life, you want to know what his goal for your life? Fearless living through fearless giving. I'm going to say that again. His goal for your life, one of them, is fearless living through fearless giving. To live that way, though, you need big faith in a big God. And when you have big faith in a big God, you can overcome worries about money. And so I want to I help you do that. I'm going to give you two things I think you need to do if you want to overcome fear. If you're in that place where you would, if you were honest, you would say, I have fears and anxieties about money, worries about money. I want to have faith about money. Here's what Jesus is saying you need to do. First, you need to take, take a step of faith. You overcome fear by taking a step of faith, which is the opposite of fear. Now, some people are waiting for God to bless them before they take a step of faith, and that's not how the flow works, right? The flow is the flow. You have to take a step toward the flow. That's how it works. The faith comes first, and if you will move toward the flow by taking a step of faith, I think you would be uh, surprised by God's flow. Now, specifically, I'm encouraging you to tithe or to give 10% of what you make. Giving 10% has been a vital part of a believer's relationship with God all the, all the way through the scriptures, from Genesis all the way to Jesus. And giving 10% shows that you trust God and you're seeking his kingdom first. Now, I know some of you, your, your heart's beating real fast right now because 10% sounds like a big step, right? All right, if that sounds like too big of a step of faith, okay, pick another percentage, 5%. 3%. Pick a percentage and take a step of faith. Get into God's flow. Remember, Jesus said, if you seek God's kingdom first, he'll seek yours. Now, I know to, take, to give a tithe is a big step of faith. But it's a big step of faith in a big God. So I taught this same message uh, several years ago when I was leading our West Campus. And I had a couple come up to me after the service, and they were really nervous about what I was teaching. And uh, they told me their story. He's a truck driver. He's an independent truck driver, and he said their finances were very tight because uh, he was not getting enough work. And so, you know, things were very uh, tight for them financially, and he was nervous. 
And I encouraged them. I said, well, take a step of faith. Whatever step of faith you feel like you need to take, take it. And then I prayed for them, and I prayed that God would bless them. And then I didn't see them for quite a while. And I was, uh, honestly, I was nervous that maybe I, I had made them mad, uh, or maybe I, I made them uncomfortable, you know, talking to them about money. But six weeks later, they, they came to the service, and if I could be honest, he looked terrible, like something the cat drags in. And, and, and but he was smiling, and so I said, what? I, said, I, I even told him that. I knew him well enough where I said, you look terrible. He said, man, I took that step of faith, and I've been driving for five weeks straight without a stop. And he said, I'm tired. I know I look terrible, but I feel good. Okay, now, he took a big step of faith in a big God, and he was surprised by God's flow. So another guy I talked to about the same issue goes to this campus. We went through the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University course together, so that's how we got to know each other. And, you know, my, my, my finances were a mess because of credit card debt that I've talked to you all about. His were challenging because he's a disabled vet. He had neck injuries, back injuries that required surgeries, and so he was on permanent disability. And so things were just very tight. So he was trying to get his finances in order, but this whole tightening thing freaked him out because he didn't grow up in the church. And so he admitted, we got close enough to where he told me, Brent, I just don't know if I believe all that stuff, that God blessing you stuff. And so I sort of challenged him. I said, well, then test God on it. Test God for 60 days, tithe, and just see what happens. Well, about a month later, we met right outside the Kid City building right over there. And I said, how's it going? And he started shaking his head, and he, he, he grinned a little bit, and he said, you know, this last week, I got a, a, a notification from the, veter the VA that they were going to double my disability amount. But I didn't ask for it. I wouldn't do for it. And then he said, they sent me a check to cover the difference all the way back to when I first applied for disability. He took a big step of faith in a big God, and he was surprised by God's flow. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I am not saying if you tithe <laughs> that your business will never struggle again and that the United States government is going to send you a big fat check out of the blue. Okay, do not quote me, all right? Because sometimes we give as an act of faith and we trust God to bless us in the right way at the right time, whether it's immediately financial or not. But I'll quote Jesus on this. If you seek God's kingdom first, he'll seek yours. Whew, okay. If you get into God's flow, <laughs> you will experience the power of the flow. Now, Sherry talked to you. I haven't talked about how to give. Sherry talked to you about how to give. I did want to say something about that. If you didn't grow up in church, most churches pass offering plates or offering baskets or offering bags to receive the offering, to receive their tithes. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with that, but we don't do that here. And the reason we don't do that is we don't want our, our seeker friends, our spiritual investigators, those who might be skeptical, those who may have church baggage, we don't want them to feel uncomfortable or pressured to try to give before they can do it as an act of faith. It's a part of the way we protect our grace culture here. And so we just don't do it. And, and we've been told that's, that's a foolish thing to do, but we don't care. That's, that's what we feel called to do. So you have to work a little bit to give here. 
Uh, I'm just being honest. You know, so you have the giving boxes, the giving kiosks. I, uh, I do mine, like when I do our bills, I do my tithe there. But the easiest way to give is what Sherry talked about, which is to text to give. Because then you never wait in line again. Once you register on your phone, you're already in the line to give. And you can give using your phone. But whatever you do, as an act of faith, take a step uh, to give. And I believe it will help you grow in your faith as you get surprised by the power of God's flow. Okay. Second thing, I think you need a plan. All right? You need a plan. Now, last week, I told you about my plan, the financial management plan that I had worked on, which was every time I got a raise, I'd go out and buy more stuff where I could afford all of the monthly payments and eat up my whole raise, but never increase my savings. And it left me with a bunch of worry, a bunch of credit card debt, you know, and, and I didn't like it. Uh, I call it the Brent plan. How, how many of you are on the Brent plan, right? Okay. Yeah, it stinks, doesn't it? Get off the Brent plan. Get on the other plan I presented to you, which is the 10-10-80 plan. Give, save, live. Give 10% and get into God's flow. Save 10% and release yourself from the pressure of always living on the edge. Oh, okay. Then live on 80%, which means you have to live beneath your means. Now, I know that some of you may be struggling like really bad. And we all can go through seasons where we have to focus our finances on a crisis. But I believe most of the people listening to me can take a step of faith and give, trusting God that he values you and cares for you. Save money. Please save money. And then live beneath your means. Live on 80%. And I know you have to get there. You know, it takes a plan to get there. But if you will do that, you will relieve yourself from worry and you will be able to be the generous person, the generous people you've always wanted to be. And so if, if you need some help to get there, like many of us do, our church is offering the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University program this summer. It starts in June. Uh, you know, and you can register out in the plaza after the service. But whatever you do, get a plan because... If you're worrying about money right now, then the plan you have now is not working. Get a plan. All right? Get into the flow. Get a plan. Jesus movement. And this is the, okay, this is the part I want you to get. Jesus movement is the flow. God's attention 2,000 years ago was that his son would begin a movement. And Jesus began a movement he called the church. And I've been reading through the, the New Testament book of Acts, which tells the story of the, how the church movement began. And early in the days of the church, some Jewish leaders wanted to kill all of the church leaders. And a famous uh, Jewish rabbi named Gamaliel warned them against that strategy. And instead, he said this, leave them alone, let them go. If this movement is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop them. Do you see what he was saying? If this movement is from God, if this flow is from God, you can't stop it. And we're still here. 2,000 years later. 
Jesus' movement is the flow. And if you will get into the flow, you will experience the power of the flow. And it's not just city church. All across our city, all across our world, there are church leaders and churches continuing the movement that Jesus began. We believe that the local church is the hope of our city and the hope of the world. Jesus' movement is the greatest movement ever. And city church is just a little part of that movement. And like I shared with you last week, over the last 10 years, we have baptized over 5,400 people who've said yes to Jesus, yes to his way of life, and their lives have been changed forever. And we had one more get baptized tonight. And if you, yeah. And you help make that happen. When you give here and get into the flow here, you are investing in the greatest movement ever. And that is the flow. Now, I told you that the whole reason we're doing this series is because, you know, I've been praying through the prayer request cards you gave me back in December, 3,000 of them. And I've been praying by name through them. I've been praying for each request. And over and over, people were asking me to pray for their finances. Well, this last week, I finally finished the last 150 uh, prayer cards, praying through all of the prayer requests. And I came across one card that just reminded me why what we are doing is so important. And this, this was this woman's prayer request. This is what was on her card. Pray for healing for my past, for strength for my future, and please tell the pastors that City Church saved my life. I don't know, I don't know the person who wrote that. I don't know her story. But this movement matters. Get into the flow and you will experience the power of the flow. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful for this powerful teaching that you gave us. And my prayer, Lord, is that of those of us who are struggling with worry, that we could identify the, the root of the fear within us. When did it start? Why do we think that way? Why do we feel that way? Why do we believe that way? God, expose it. Bring it into the light. Like Jen saying earlier, let the darkness tremble. When, the, when whatever that fear is, is brought into the light. And I pray, Lord, for these people. I love them. My prayer, Lord, is that you would heal them from fear and anxiety and worry related to money. That's no way to live our lives. So Lord Jesus, I pray that as we take steps of faith and as we put our, our trust in a big God, my prayer, Lord, is that you would bless us so that we can bless you back and bless those you've called us to serve. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.